Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Crazy thing about technology is that it can be amazing and make your life so much easier and convenient. And on the flip side, it may very well know too much about you and where you're going, which is why on the line we have Kashmir Hill. She's a tech reporter for the New York Times who recently did an incredible experiment with her husband that I urge you to read and why we wanted you on the show with us. All Insider Calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to Driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Kashmir, thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy technical schedule to talk to us about uh, a terrifying article, but as Adrian said, a very important one at that. So before we get into the self-reflective portion of our conversation here, would you mind walking us through your piece, the inspiration, the execution? I mean, this is where the Black Mirror guy gets all this stuff for his inspo board, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So um, I had done a story in December with my colleague, about reports we are seeing on social media of people finding Apple AirTags, these kind of new location tracking devices hidden in uh, by strangers. And they were very freaked out because this meant that, you know, somebody had decided to track them. Um, these devices were originally released by Apple to track keys, to track pets, to track wallets. They weren't intended to spy on people. But after we did the article, you know, I was wondering how well do these um, Apple had built in um, had built in features to try to uh, dissuade people from using it this way to discourage kind of nefarious tracking. The devices were supposed to make noise. They're supposed to give warning. And husband, husband, um, if he would participate in an experiment, if he would let me try to track him. Uh, and at first he was reluctant. He said, you know, I, it's going to be boring. <laughs> like, what are you going to track me doing? We're in a pandemic. I never go anywhere. Um, but eventually he said yes. And so gave me permission to track his movement, um, which I think is really important, but he didn't know exactly how he, I was going to do it. And so I bought bills and bought a GPS tracker from a company called Land Air Sea. And I kind of hid them to see track his movements and whether he would realize they were there. And that's such a such a weird kind of uh, process that you kind of go through because you have the inspiration for the idea, then you try to mold your own personal life into it, and then obviously the consent part is very important when it when it comes to conducting uh, uh, tracking stuff here. And, and that's what I really like about your article because you, you bring your personal side to it. You show just kind of like how far-fetched or, or at least puts us in the mindset of why people would want to use this technology in their everyday life. And then just kind of 
seeing what happens and seeing how you react to your surveillance as well, because I think that's a that's a very underrated part of just tracking and technology that we don't talk about is truly how, how we feel and, and how it makes us feel when we have so many eyes and I don't even know what you would call these things, eyes on us, watching us go wherever we go. Yeah, I do this a lot in my journalism. I've been covering technology and privacy for a little over 10 years now. And I find that sometimes it's the best way to explain these things is for me to live it. So, you know, uh, back in 2013, when Bitcoin was worth $99, I lived on it for a week in San Francisco. Um, I turned my apartment at one point into a smart home and measured all of the data that was going in and out of it. I just, I just think, you know, as, as a journalist, I like to really get my hands on these things, understand how they work, understand what's being revealed about us. So I can really explain to people the, the implications and, and how these things are really changing our lives in big fundamental ways, many times in good ways, but there's definitely downsides as well. I'm truly fascinated by it, and especially on how it impacts us just as people that grow up, because I, I was born in 1992. Adrian over there is a 93. Uh, we were exposed to Facebook Youngster. at different ages than, than, than you were, or even people like our parents and stuff like that. And so when you have that, it really creates these like little micro generations. And it's it's interesting, like, like you said, you did the Bitcoin stuff, you did the smart home. I'm so anti all of this just because I, I don't want more technology brought into my life. And now I'm starting to think, is this... Is this a generational thing or is this just a me problem? I don't know. It's hard to say. I am bringing these things into their lives. You know, there's some of my friends that are just super early adopters. They have everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I go into their homes and I'm like, I don't know how to turn on the lights in here. Like everything is remote. Um, I'm I'm somewhere behind that. It's, It's funny for being a technology reporter. I'm kind of more of a late adopter. But I do think these things get forced on you to a certain extent. Like and buy a TV that's not connected to the internet. Um, your TV is, you know, your TV is like kind of watching you back. It's gathering data about you. It's almost impossible to get a television that's just going one way where you're just getting the data and it's not sending it back. Um, you know, the, the technology, technology kind of evolves around us and it, you know, it forces you to come along with it. Um, I think like you probably have a smartphone, I'm sure, like you don't have like a little flip phone that's more privacy protective. And it's, it's kind of like you, you have to do that just to, to keep up with modern society. Cashmere Hill joining us from The New York Times. Be sure to follow her on Twitter, by the way, Cash Hill, K-A-S-H-H-I-L-L on Twitter. And I was fascinated by the whole experiment, by the whole article. Uh, something I was not aware about um, is this Clearview AI. Uh, if you could kind of explain to our listeners who didn't read the article what that is. And then also, in a general sense, uh, in the world, like where is the U.S. in terms of regulating this in comparison to other countries throughout the world? Um, okay, so, so the article I wrote about trackers was just Apple AirTags, tiles, um, and a GPS tracker, kind of like how precisely you can follow them. Another story that I did, and I'm actually working on a book about this now, um, is about a company called Clearview AI, which is a startup based in New York that scraped all of the public photos um, that we've put online. Not all of them, but uh, I think they have 10 billion of them now to create a facial recognition. Only 10 billion. Only 10. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, so if they take a, so it's only sold to police at this point, but they 
Um, the Washington Post recently reported that they have plans to hopefully sell it more widely, including to companies like Airbnb and Uber. Um, but basically with this app, you know, you I, I've had the founder take a photo of me and it pulls up all of these photos of me online. I mean, some I didn't know that were there, you know, photos that were posted to Flickr over a decade ago, almost two decades ago. Um, and it makes it, you know, very easy to go from someone's face to, to who they are. And again, all the photos of them online, including ones that they don't um, necessarily know that are there. And I think that is what's so hard about privacy and technology in the modern age. You know, when people post all these photos online, they weren't thinking, oh, someone might come along and, you know, create a big face recognition machine that sucks all of these photos in. Uh, but that tends to be happening more and more just because the technology is is getting so good uh, that if you have a bunch of data, you can really build these these things that just come right out of a you know a science fiction movie. And then uh, back to your story on the air tags, um, and you mentioned uh, the Sports Illustrated model who was in New York, went to a bar, she showed up at home, and she had an air tag in her jacket or on her purse, and she freaked out. Um, that's happened. It's gone viral here in Vegas. It's happened a lot with situations like this. Can you kind of walk us through, like, are you, if this happens to you, right, and you go home, are you supposed to destroy the air tag so they can't track you? Are you supposed to call the police? Like, what's, what's the method that you should do if this happens? So if this happens to you, um, so in that case, I, I can't happens with uh, happens with the model whether she threw it out or she destroyed it but a lot of people I, I did talk to they did destroy it and um, I totally understand that inclination because there's some stranger stalking you and you don't want them to continue get data continue getting data from that device but um, if you don't destroy it and you take it to the police or give it to the police they can you know go to Apple go to the manufacturer and find out who is registered to that device. Um, they, they'll probably be able to find out who owns it, figuring out who was tracking your location if you don't destroy the device. I do understand how that's uncomfortable for people. Um, if you have an iPhone, when it comes to AirTags, you can disable the device so that somebody can stop tracking you with it, and you basically have to hold your iPhone you know, close to it. What's really interesting about these AirTags is the way that they work is they're using the whole network of Apple devices to say where they are. So that little AirTag is talking to the iPhones around it, the iPads, you know, the Apple computers. Yeah, isn't this um, what blockchain is, Cashmere? Yeah. Isn't that what that technically is, is where you store your data on everybody else's? It's some sort of technology concept I know that's somewhere in my brain. It's similar. It's going back to the blockchain. This is blue Bluetooth technology. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing. Like, if you're... And, you know, you're helping to report where air tags are. And I think a lot of people didn't realize that. But that is something that's happening with all of these big technology companies. They're kind of like turning the devices you own um, into other kind of unexpected networks. And I think that's only going to continue to happen. First, they put the U2 album in everybody's iTunes without asking. And now we're here. There is no stopping this <laughs> giant ball of, of progress and modernity and everything. You wrote in your article, the biggest surprise to me was how nerve wracking it felt to surveil him, him being your husband, and how guilty I felt about when, what he didn't know, such as the photographer tailing him, which was part of the whole piece, not just something random that you were doing. But guilt isn't usually the emotion that I would associate with those who are seeking out air tags or some of these GPS uh, technologies. 
apologies. Usually that means I'm not really self-reflective in how this is impacting the people that I'm, I'm tracking around. Or am I misguided in that difference between your mindset and those of uh, people that do want to use it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know um, what individual users feel. For me, you know, my husband had given me permission, which is important because this is actually illegal in many states to track somebody's location like this without their permission. Um, but I felt weird, you know, I was like, I just felt weird about it. It just felt very invasive. And one of my editors said, oh, yeah, we should send a photographer after him one day. And I just wondered, well, what if I learned something I actually don't want to know? Um, I think a little privacy is good in any relationship. But, you know, this is the nature of technology. I mean, just think about Facebook and how much Facebook changed what we're able to know about each other. Um, it's so interesting. When I talk to people about privacy, they're often like, I, I, I want my own privacy. I think it's important people don't know too much about me. Um, but then they do enjoy learning as much as they can about other people. We kind of care about our own privacy and care less about other people's privacy. Um, but it's hard, you know, from person to person. Some people find this kind of thing creepy. Other people, I saw people commenting on the article and they're like, what? I'd share my location with my, you know, my husband or my wife all the time. We have find my friends turn on in my phone. So it's, it's a whole spectrum of what people are comfortable with. Absolutely. And everything just feels so invasive these days. I don't even like enabling cookies anymore. Or they ask, oh, would we, we would like to know your location when you're on this website. I'm like, nope. Uh, but you literally write about privacy for a living. What's more concerning to you about technology or dare I say the ignorance of the consumer? Where do you think we are in this spectrum or uh, at least in the overcorrection that we always go through whenever there's an introduction of a new technology? We use it, we become obsessed with it, and then we toss it to the side. I just think it's very hard for individuals to protect all the possible data streams out there about them. So I don't think the onus should be on individuals. You know, um, there's just too many, I mean, like everything, your, your car is collecting data about you, your smartphone, your computer, your, you know, your coffee pot possibly if it's internet connected. Um, so I do think that there should be a push for better uh, privacy protections in the United States. It's, it's really lacking right now. Um, and um, I, I'm kind of I'm I'm gratified to see efforts by tech giants to better protect us. I mean, what my experiment showed is that you know at least Apple has tried with AirTags to give warnings to people with iPhones to have their devices make noises. The other two devices I were te- I was testing, they made they didn't make any sounds. They didn't give any warnings. My husband would have had no idea they were there um, unless he just happened to find them. So. I, I do um, hope that manufacturers kind of um, take that lead and do build in more protections for users. Oversight is the name of the game. It's just the right spectacles and the right people I think we're all looking for. But thank you again so much, Kashmir Hill, for joining us uh, to discuss this very, very pertinent problem here in our community and everywhere because we're all on the Internet and it ain't going anywhere, is it? Yeah, thanks for scaring us. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That was Kashmir Hill of the New York Times. That's right, the New York Times. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. And on the other side of the break, well, what a weekend it was. Ineptitude? Definitely there. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.